0: This is The Guardian. Today, as French voters prepare for the first round of the country's presidential elections on Sunday, the far right is polling stronger than ever before. Can Emmanuel Macron hold on? Last weekend, mobbed by supporters, looking like a boxer entering the ring for a title fight, France's president, Emmanuel Macron, addressed a massive election rally in Paris.
1: It was meant to be an extravaganza, and it really was. He appeared in Europe's biggest sports venue, and there were 30,000 people there, indoor fireworks as he arrived. Merci. For the culture, for the youth
2: of France, what matters for you in this election? What matters for me is what matters for the young, the youth people, like um, the environment, ecological justice, social uh, justice, and like that's the subject that uh, Emmanuel Macron is uh, is pointing, and uh, I'm supporting him in, in like in
1: this prices the yellow vest jacket the covid and i think that france is one of the countries that has best managed the situation and i want to give him five more years so that he can do all what he had planned before so i think that he has to be reelected we have to give him another chance to to go deeper into the reforms so
2: le danger extrémiste aujourd'hui est d'autant plus grand que depuis plusieurs mois allez des plusieurs années la haine
0: as Macron spoke, Angelique Chrysafis, the Guardian's Paris correspondent, was in the arena and heard Macron warn his supporters that hatred was spreading through the
1: country. His speeches are really long, and the speech went on for over two hours. Nous sommes
2: habitués à voir défiler sur plateaux de télévision des auteurs antisémites,
1: racistes. And his parting words were that extremism and far-right politics is rising. And that anything is possible, and so it was really to try and galvanise his troops against the rise of Marine Le Pen. And he quoted Brexit, and he said, you know, sometimes votes you think will go one way go another way. Regardez, du Brexit
2: à tant d'élections, ce qui paraissait improbable et qui a pu advenir. Alors je vous le dis avec beaucoup de force ce soir, rien n'est impossible.
1: This is a defining moment in French politics. The old party system of left and right, which had already begun to disintegrate, is disintegrating further. And if we expect it to be a final between Emmanuel Macron and Marie Le Pen on the far right, that is a battle for the very survival of France's place in the European Union, because even though Marie Le Pen no longer campaigns using the word Frexit, The changes she wants to the treaties will ultimately see France having to leave the EU. It is now a country that is divided and polarised more than ever before.
0: From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, can Emmanuel Macron hold off France's far-right surge? Angelique Krasafis, you're in Paris right now, but you've been around the country covering this election. Can you start by reminding us, how did Emmanuel Macron come to power five years ago? Where did he come from?
1: The international context of Emmanuel Macron coming to power was very important because it was only a few months after the Brexit vote in the UK, and it was only a few months after Donald Trump took power so in the US. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr President. In France, the socialist government was doing really badly. And almost out of nowhere comes this 39-year-old former banker.
0: Emmanuel Macron graduated from one of the world's
1: most prestigious public administration universities. He later worked as an investment banker at Rothschild. He'd never run for political office, who didn't have a party, who had been serving as economy minister but managed to build a party in no time. And that's how it all started – In the town where he grew up, Emmanuel Macron announced he was launching his own political movement, En Marche. And he had a style that was really personal. It was a one-man machine. There was a party with his initials EM, En Marche, for Emmanuel Macron, in his handwriting, which we'd never seen before. And he blew apart the old divides of the left and right, saying that he would channel this into a centrist project. And so he had a kind of group of ideas on the center ground taking from both left and right. The driving force was pro-European, unashamedly for the EU.
2: L'identité de l'Europe, c'est plus qu'une démocratie soucieuse de liberté, c'est une culture unique dans le monde qui combine cette passion de la liberté, le goût de l'égalité, l'attachement à la diversité.
0: Okay, so he has this pro-European philosophy, but what are his policies? Like, how do you sum up Macronism and his vision for France?
1: It was pro-business, market economy, freeing up business from the shackles of French labour laws. But at the same time, it had a social element where he still believed in state intervention. He still believed in the welfare state, but he really wanted to transform that welfare state in a way that had not been done since the war. And he came along with this idea of kind of individual responsibility. Yes, welfare benefits, but you're going to have to in some way contribute into the system so that these benefits can be yours.
0: He's presenting himself as almost non-ideological, like taking the best ideas from all sides. But his opponent in the 2017 election was quite extreme in her own ideology. And that was the far right leader, Marine Le Pen. And back then, Macron did something that surprised people. He agreed to debate her on TV. And tonight on French TV, the two candidates faced one another and began immediate attacks.
1: The fact that Emmanuel Macron sat down in a TV studio and debated Marine Le Pen for three hours was a historical first in France. Twenty years ago, when Jacques Chirac faced Jean-Marie Le Pen, her father... He refused to do a TV debate with the far right. He said it would legitimise them. This time round, Macron accepted, and it was an absolute slanging match. Mr Macron is the candidate of savage globalisation, uberization, economic uncertainty, social brutality, of every man for himself.
2: I treat the French like adults, Mr Macron told his
0: opponent. You lie all the time.
1: One of the interesting points that they then went on to spar about was the Russian leader, Vladimir Putin, with Emmanuel Macron saying to Marine Le Pen, you're pally with Russia and Putin, and one thing I will not do is submit to the diktat of Vladimir Putin, to which she shot back that it was absolutely fine to be dealing with Vladimir Putin, which she had done, she had just met him, because France had to be equidistant between the US and Russia.
0: By all accounts, Macron won that debate and then went on to win the presidency by a landslide. And he gave his victory speech at the Louvre. The victorious president-elect, Emmanuel Macron, just 39 years of age.
1: So that first night, he really acknowledged the divisions in this country that he was coming to lead and said the extreme right isn't the answer. And he said, to huge applause, I will do everything in the next five years, for there to be no more reason for people to vote for extremes. That was the essence of what he was promising. So,
0: Anjali, he comes to power with a lot of momentum, promising a lot of change. How has Emmanuel Macron done?
1: As soon as he was elected, he set to work on unpicking French labour laws and lowering corporate taxes. And he overhauled the wealth tax and made it a property tax. And these first gestures was all about, to his mind, making France a better place for investors. But how it was perceived straight away in those early days was this was a president of the rich. And that tag was a tag that he never managed to shake off for the next five years, despite the various crises and COVID that he faced. There were things that he wanted to do, and he didn't achieve it, and he's open about that now. One of those things is pension reform. His pension reform sparked the longest strikes in France since the uprisings of May 1968.
2: For more than a month now, French workers have taken to the streets. They are worried they will have to work longer for and contribute more to their pensions.
1: He did manage to come up with some social changes which were ultimately popular, for example, cutting class sizes for children aged six and seven in very poor deprived neighbourhoods, which has very much been approved by teachers. And he also increased paternity leave, he would say. So he came into an election year with good results on paper on the economy. After decades of mass unemployment, France was looking at around 7% unemployment, which was the lowest in 15 years. And the economy had bounced back faster than most other major economies after the COVID pandemic. But he never quite managed to escape this idea that as a former banker, he didn't fully get how French people felt in their daily struggles of their daily life.
0: Interesting. So there was a clash between what the economic statistics showed, which was that people were doing better, and then people's lived reality, or at least their perception of their lived reality, which was they're struggling, that they can't make ends meet.
1: Absolutely. Because in France, there are many, many parts of the country where you have to have a car, even though this is the country of great trains and public transport. On the outsides of towns, in rural areas, you can't even post a letter without a car. And when the prices of the pumps went over two euros, some people were having to choose whether they could afford to go and see a relative or even whether they could afford to drive to work. More people than before were using food banks. And there was a great sense of anger and panic thousands of members of what's known as the yellow jacket movement brought traffic to a halt because they're angry about soaring fuel prices
0: Angelique, as tensions over Ukraine were growing these past few months, Macron became Europe's main statesman. You know, he was the one who went to Moscow, he sat across from Putin, very far across at that giant table, and tried to convince him to back down. Obviously, that didn't work, but what did people in France think about the way he tried to handle that crisis?
1: I think in France, it was considered really important that France was this country that was able to do that, that had an independent role on the world stage, a massive diplomatic presence. And he had set this up for the whole of his five-year term in office. So he had had Vladimir Putin to visit Versailles, he driven him around the grounds of Versailles in a golf cart. And what Emmanuel Macron was trying to do at the beginning was to establish whether beyond Putin's rhetoric, which he was saying to the world about the invasion of Ukraine and accusations of Nazism and so forth, whether behind that there was a gap in which Macron could step to try and persuade him onto a diplomatic route. And of course, at the beginning, what was quite clear was that there was no gap. What you got publicly from Vladimir Putin was exactly what Macron was getting in the meetings and in the phone calls. Ukrainian CCTV captures these images of the Russian military crossing the border from Crimea to the south. After the invasion of Ukraine... Emmanuel Macron did benefit from this kind of rally around the flag effect and he had a huge lift in the polls and it was likened to the Falklands war effect on Margaret Thatcher in the 1980s. It sort of wiped out questioning and dips in the polls that had been expected and, and put him in a very, very high position, much higher than the position that he had been in the first round five years ago.
0: Okay, so it was a huge boost for Macron, but you told me that in their earlier debate, he and Le Pen had actually sparred over Putin. What impact did the war have on Macron's opponents?
1: Well, the war in Ukraine blew apart the situation on the extreme right in this election and really changed the battlegrounds. There were two candidates on the extreme right. There was Marine Le Pen for the far-right national rally, whose Le Pen brand, of course, has been in presidential politics for over 40 years. And there was a newcomer, the former TV pundit Eric Zemmour, who, in rhetoric, was even more radical.
0: Nous sommes les seuls héritiers d'une droite qui aime la France. Le peuple, le travail... L'ordre et l'identité.
1: This was really important for Marine Le Pen because she has baggage with the Kremlin and she had been running a very clear-cut campaign improving her image and it could have been extremely damaging for her to be constantly brought back to how pally she and her party had been with the Kremlin in recent years. But in fact, what happened was Eric Zemmour, this TV pundit whose rhetoric is very, very extreme and who had been much more extreme than Marine Le Pen, he ended up acting as a lightning conductor and taking a lot of the criticism away from Marine Le Pen. With an anti-immigrant rhetoric and warning that France must be saved from an Islamic invasion, the highly controversial and far-right TV pundit Eric Zemmour has confirmed he'll be running to become France's next president. He refused to have Ukrainian refugees coming to France at the beginning, which she didn't. And he had said in the past, you know, France could really do with a Vladimir Putin-type character. He saw Putin as reviving the fortunes of a big empire, which France should be doing as well. Whereas le- Marine Le Pen acted really fast to neutralise this Putin problem that she had. Now, le jour où Vladimir
2: Putin uh, uh, launched son armée pour euh, attaquer les frontières d'un pays sa souveraineté son intégrité territoriale je n'ai pas fait preuve de la moindre ambiguïté j'ai immédiatement condamné cela
1: mais pour une raison de cohérence she And she managed incredibly to actually increase in the polls, despite the fact that she had been to the Kremlin in 2017, posed with Vladimir Putin. And that photo is still in our election material. And despite the fact that in October 2014, her party had taken a nine million euro loan from a Czech Russian bank to pay for local election costs.
0: I mean, that's just staggering that she managed to survive associations with Putin that seem to be really close, very friendly. But the thing I'm wondering, Angelique, is if the war was such a boon for Emmanuel Macron, why are polls now so close?
1: There's something very interesting about the way Marine Le Pen has been running her campaign and the way that the war in Ukraine has served her in the sense that she was already looking very closely at the cost of living issues in France and energy prices. When the invasion happened, and she managed to wipe out this idea that she had a a close proximity to Putin personally, she refocused all her energy on the domestic cost of the war in Ukraine, the rising energy prices, the potential rising food prices and sanctions, and how everyday people in France driving their cars, struggling at the end of the month with overdrafts who can't afford their heating bills. She focused all her energy on that and it created a bounce.
0: And Angelique, we've been talking about this as a contest between Macron and Le Pen, but there are actually 12 people vying for the presidency and Macron has one other main rival, Jean-Luc Mélenchon. What's he like?
1: Jean-Luc Mélenchon is running for his third presidential run. Jean-Luc Mélenchon said he is a nightmare for the
2: rich whose money he wants to grab. That may be why, to him, Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron have the same economic plans. Monsieur Macron... C'est le programme économique de Madame Le Pen plus le mépris de classe. Madame Le Pen, c'est le programme économique de Monsieur Macron plus le mépris de race.
1: He used to be in the Socialist Party. He's now shifted further left of the Socialist Party, which he once described to me as being on the hard left. He is leading what he calls a tortoise like campaign, where slowly but surely, for months and months and months, he has risen. The question now is can he rise? high enough to make it through to the second round, which is very, very difficult because the left is very fractured and divided and he doesn't have the whole left on side behind him. And he also, as well as Marine Le Pen, really faces the difficulty of abstention. He really wants to get out voters, particularly, for example, on high-rise housing estates who might feel disillusioned and not turn out to vote.
0: And I mean, how much support is Mélenchon attracting? Has he been able to capture this disillusionment that you're telling me about?
1: Within the political rallies of this campaign, if you ask analysts who has got the most emotion amongst their supporters, who's got the most fervour of people out there, many of them will say Jean-Luc Mélenchon.
2: His rallies are among the most densely packed in this presidential campaign. Jean-Luc Mélenchon, with his far left-wing rhetoric,
1: says the election comes down to a duel between himself and Emmanuel Macron. His platform is a very social platform, reduce the retirement age to 60, raise the minimum wage, freeze prices, but also more referendums. He wants to rethink the French constitution away from this kind of monarchical presidency of the current Fifth Republic system we're in and reinvent that as a Sixth Republic. The difficulty he's facing is that he has to broaden his support and really bring on all the other supporters from the other smaller left-wing candidates in order to edge ahead of Le Pen.
0: And you told me that Le Pen had been seeking to rebrand her party, one that's been associated with anti-Semitism, xenophobia. She changed the party's name in 2018 from the National Front to the National Rally. But beyond the branding, has she actually changed the party's hardline policies?
1: Marie Le Pen has been busy for over a decade detoxifying the party image from her former paratrooper father while at the same time, the actual meat and bones of the party policy has remained the same. And so in this election, what is absolutely fascinating and also quite astonishing that she has managed to do is focus on her public image.
2: In the past, even six or seven years ago, you were describing migrants as bringing filth, crime,
1: poverty and terrorism to France – are you saying that that language was wrong and that you regret using it?
2: She believes that
1: Emmanuel Macron is a figure who has polarized and divided France. And the anger and division, which was her calling card, is not going to work anymore. What she is now trying to do, and what is incredible, because she's actually managing to achieve this, if you look at the polls of how she's perceived... She's presenting herself not as an angry populist leader against the elite, but as a smiling, friendly new face in politics who can actually, and watch the words that she would use, calm things down. What's interesting at the moment is her stuff on cats. She loves cats and she took a diploma in, um, to become a cat breeder during lockdown. And um, she has social media accounts for her cats. And this has become part of her softening her image. And it's really annoying the government. So the macro's economy minister, Bruno Le Maire, was shouting at a recent rally, you know, so she's supposedly become a kindly cat breeder. Well, that's just lies.
0: But I can see how this works, because here we are talking about her love of cats rather than her policy of, for example, banning all headscarves from public space.
1: This is absolutely the key. She has managed to neutralise this fear of her she has neutralized the very, very radical content of her program.
0: Coming up, could Marine Le Pen really win? Angelique, the first round of elections will take place this Sunday with another round later this month, which will be a runoff between the two most popular candidates. If those two candidates are Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron, as the polls are showing, could Le Pen actually beat Macron in the second round? Could she become president?
1: Pollsters have always said it's impossible for Marine Le Pen to win a French election because there is an effect of people joining up to tactically vote to keep out the far right. And that was called the Republican Front. So Emmanuel Macron beat Marine Le Pen with 66% five years ago. Now, some pollings are showing 53% to 47%, which is actually in the margin of error. And so pollsters are saying it's unlikely that we'd see a Marine Le Pen win, but it is now mathematically possible.
0: I see. And so almost this safety net that used to exist of of voters who would be so revolted by the idea of a Le Pen presidency, um, and they would come out and they would vote and stop her from winning. We're not quite sure if, if they'll do that this time. And so for once, there is a possibility that Le Pen could actually win this.
1: I think this election has already been an upheaval in the fact that it's shown us the extent to which the extreme right has managed to bed its ideas down in politics from a spectrum from the extreme right to the traditional right. And what is certain is that after the outcome of this election, we're going to be looking at a mad scramble to recreate the French political landscape, because Marine Le Pen, this is likely to be her last presidential campaign, Emmanuel Macron, if he were to be re-elected, can only have two successive times in office. And the mainstream parties that were Key in the presidential elections in the last several decades, the Socialist Party and the Republican for Nicolas Sarkozy are looking like they're going to score so badly that they almost no longer feature on the national level, even though they're still present regionally.
0: Over the weekend, uh, Viktor Orban, the far-right leader of Hungary, was voted in for a fourth term with a big majority. Viktor Orban, famed for his autocratic, illiberal style of government and his very close ties to Vladimir Putin. Le Pen is an ally of his and she actually tweeted a photo of them together in congratulations. What effect, if any, do you think his win will have on her campaign and her sense that the far right are succeeding in Europe?
1: Yes, she uses Orbán and her friendliness with him as another way to boost her idea as an international statesman. And we talked about loans that her party may have taken previously in the past from a Czech-Russian bank. And this time round, they've taken the loan from a Hungarian bank. And Her electorate, which tends to be traditionally a working class electorate, doesn't make its main choices based on international politics. So it's not a very big factor, perhaps, to somebody voting for other reasons, say immigration or the cost of living. But it contributes to Marine Le Pen's mood music of being an international stateswoman.
0: Angelique, you told me earlier that Macron came to power presenting himself as a kind of solution to the problem of the far right in France. But it seems like even if he can win on Sunday and then triumph again in the second round two weeks later, he hasn't managed to kill off the far right in France. Their ideas are spreading and they're getting closer to power each election cycle. In that way, by his own definition, has Macron failed?
1: He says... He hasn't succeeded in convincing people who are afraid, afraid for their future, afraid for their daily lives or whatever that might be. that the extreme right is an option. He wanted to remove that as an option from the political landscape. And he says that he, he hasn't done that. He hasn't managed to hold back the tide. One of the crucial things here is how much far right rhetoric has seeped into the mainstream right here. Because if you look at the primary race to choose a, a candidate for Nicolas Sarkozy's Parti les Republicains, which is the mainstream right party of government, the rhetoric in their primary race was leaning towards the far right on immigration, on national identity. Their main candidate Eric Ciotti, uh, who was suggesting a French Guantanamo Bay, and even Valerie Pécresse, their candidate, talking about um outlawing the Muslim headscarf in certain public places, such as sporting events. So there's been a spread, as it were, of far-right ideas out and beyond Marine Le Pen to the new, more radical rhetoric of Éric Zemmour and then into the mainstream right. And the question after the election is what happens to that? The pro-European idea that Macron champions is still winning out, Marie Le Pen has changed the way she presents her idea on the EU. So it's not true to say that everything has shifted onto Le Pen's ground. But certainly, one woman and her incredible public relations campaign, as well as other people stealing her ideas, has changed really the political landscape.
0: Angelique Christophis, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Angelique Krasafis. You can read all her coverage of the French presidential elections at theguardian.com. And if you want to know what's going on in British politics, you can join The Guardian columnist John Harris every Thursday for Politics Weekly UK. That's Politics Weekly UK, and you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Hannah Moore. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producers are Phil Maynard and Mythly Rao. We're back tomorrow.